Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. They Today's show, we have a guest that I have uh, been trying to get on for a while. He is a uh, local celebrity, if not a national celebrity. Um, he ran two of uh, the great restaurants here in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's a music guy. He's a culture guy. He's a writer. He's a philosopher. He's all these things. We got Greg Baker on the show today. How you doing? Oh, good, good. Thanks for having me. So uh, I knew your reputation before I even knew you. I knew your restaurant before I even knew you. I only think it's recently that we've become uh, friends on social media. But Refinery, if if I'm remembering correctly, was kind of the initial offering of the Seminole Heights kind of cultural revolution, as it were. I don't know what else pre-existed it, but that's kind of what I remember starting to bring people in that direction. Yeah. For Seminole Heights, um, you know, Ella's and the independent opened a few months before we did. Uh, but it was all right around the same time. Yeah. Now, how did you end up, were you in Seminole Heights for a while before that, or did you select that area or how is it that you kind of came to be there? Oh, I've lived in Seminole Heights off and on since the late eighties. Really? So you've seen it kind of ebb and flow and do everything. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, it, it kind of goes through kind of a advanced repetitions or advanced ebb and flow. And, you know, I, I was funny because this kind of came up in my conversation with uh, Joe Hunt, who we're mutual friends with. But I bought this building in the summer of 2017 around the time of the serial killer. And uh, that was such a big thing in this area because, you know, I was so excited about finally owning my own place and I couldn't get a client to drive here because no one wanted to be here after hours. And I'm not even anywhere near where that was happening, but that was such a bizarre chain of events, you know, coming into this area. Those were dark days for business owners around here. I mean, I, I don't want to minimize the, the four people who lost their lives during that whole thing, but, um, wow, that, that whole thing was, just and it's still out <laughs> it's still bizarre like like you know as an attorney i'm kind of aware of it and where it's at and there was the whole thing with andrew warren and the parents and the parents weren't going to talk about the kid and they were going to prosecute and it's just you know i i'm not by no means a scholar on serial murderers or anything else but so much about that whole case kind of didn't didn't line up with the the common knowledge of, of that sort of stuff no and um, you know when we go uh, when they finally, when they finally caught him, you know, we all breathed a collective sigh of relief. Yeah. But then the weirdness really started when <laughs> they yeah. started coming out in the yeah. news of, uh, so what year that was going. What year did the refinery open? We opened in 2010. And what was it? it did it stay open until 2018, 2017? Uh, 2019. Okay, 2019. And then during that time, it, it, it explain to me kind of the evolution because then you was it what was the other restaurant that you opened north of there? Uh, Fodder and Shine. Okay, and then at some point, did you consolidate those two? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so we opened up the refinery. Um, it was supposed to be this little grungy bar that happened to have. Really food. good food. Yeah. Um, the city got in the way and we accidentally turned into a restaurant before we could ever be a bar. Right. Um, which, okay. Yeah. Fine. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, 
as it, you know, we, as time went on and accidentally got kind of famous for a little while. <laughs> I mean, it was a destination spot. I mean, it well, was a, people were going out of their way to go there. Yeah. I mean, in 20, 2011, we were named, uh, we were named a semifinalist as best new restaurant in the country for right. the James Beard Awards, which is like, you know, the, the Oscars of the food world. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So, and that, that was nothing we set out to do and nothing we were prepared for the backlash of. You but know? you had a pedigree going into that restaurant, didn't you? I, I mean, you, you've been in that business for a, a while before you got into the refinery. I've been working in kitchen since 1983. So, um, yeah. Are you from Tampa originally or? Um, I grew up in Clearwater. Okay. Um, uh, I moved there when I was 10. Okay. And, um, then pretty much as soon as I had a driver's license, I was over here in the big city all the time. Where, right. You know, where all the fun was. Right. Basically where all the music was, you know. <laughs> so was music a part of your life at an early age? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's what, 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 what were some of your bands about? Were you in the skateboarding scene, punk scene? What was your? Uh, I was definitely, a, definitely in the punk scene. I was never, I don't have any, any kind of balance to be a skateboarder. But <laughs> sure. But those two worlds kind of overlap a good deal. I mean, yeah. that, one, a lot of kids are either introduced to one by the other. You know, you got into punk, start skateboarding, get into skateboarding. Yeah. Shows, I mean, and the music. The, communities just kind of all men co-mingled right to be, to be the scene you know uh, now i know you play a little bit because i remember somewhat recently your wife got you a pretty awesome was it a birthday gift or she yeah yeah um actually um uh, i've i played in bands for a long time um uh, did some national touring we're on a tiny little indie label it was on a tiny indie label for a while so mu music came before the food world I think um they pretty much started about the same time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I took my paycheck from being a dishwasher and bought my first base, you know. <laughs> what were some of the restaurants that you worked at? Um most of them are gone at this point. I uh, came up in a Richard Gonsmart. So I worked in I worked in Columbia's and Cha Cha Coconuts and you know, every aspect of that. So I got to inhabit that world for a little bit. And it's it's it is a different world. You're you're you know, you're, you're awake at night and you're asleep during the day. And a lot of the people are, you know, earning just enough cash to party that night and do it all again the next day. So it's, it is a different world. Yeah. I mean, what do you do when the, what do you do when you get off work and the rest of the world's asleep? It's closed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking at everybody well, else's. I mean, people who work nine to five jobs go to happy hour. Yeah. Happy hour just happens to start at midnight and, you know, ends when the bar closes. I remember you know? <laughs> a lot of late nights at Bootius Maximus in downtown St. Peter. Oh, wow. Did you ever go there? No, oh, no. That was one of those that would stay open to like four. So you could just go there and get some drinks in before you went to bed. So, uh, was Refinery your first show that was your, your idea, your plan, your baby, or had you had anything like that before? No, it was then? the first brick and mortar we owned. Okay. Uh, my wife and I owned a, uh, owned a personal chef and upper upscale catering, uh, company before that. How many years did you do that? Um, when did we start? Let's see. I was 40. When was that? Uh, oh, yeah. It only lasted for about three years. Uh, now, did she have a background in that world, too? Or is that something that uh, came about when you two got together? Yeah, she was a bartender and server forever. Oh, okay. And so you guys knew every every inch of the restaurant business backward and forwards. Yeah. And when we opened up, you know, we knew every all the 
all the mistakes in the book. We'd we'd already seen them. We just started writing our our own book. Of, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, did you guys ever work together at a restaurant? Is that is that when you guys met? Or no, no. Um, no. Uh, as I told you off air, I won't get into the specifics of how I know her, but I've actually met her before I met you. And I mean, such a, such an interesting character in, in her own right. I mean, the both of you are kind of like a super group, as it were. I mean, very interesting people, dynamic people kind of occupy a lot of worlds. And, and so she's um, the extrovert to my introvert, you know. Well, that's, you know, that's, we, that's how, <laughs> believe it or not, despite the podcast, that's the relationship my wife and I have too. I'm usually finding whatever room of the party I can be away from people. And she's shaking everybody. Oh, there's a dog. Okay, yeah. I'll be over here. I'll in the be corner, back in you know? a couple hours. That's right. <laughs> so the bands that you grew up playing in, all punk music, hardcore music, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and were you guitar, bass? What were you? I was a, I was a bass player. I, I only recently started playing guitar. What um, was your first bass? Oh God, I don't, I don't even. Re- I think usually it's a P bass. It's some form of a knockoff P bass. Yes, it like was that. actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a Palmer, I believe. Is a- all the guitarists. It's always an Ibanez, and all the uh, bass. It's like Squire <laughs> P bass. Yeah. So, uh, who were some of your bands that you were into around that time? I, I think how, how uh, you don't need to tell me exactly how old you are, but approximately how old are you? I'm 53. Okay, well there you go. So you're not quite 10 years older than I am. So I'm trying to think of who would have been the bands of the day back then. I mean, I'm trying to. Re- Trying to remember what the first punk rock show. I mean, you got a bad, bad religion shirt on, so right away I know I like you. But I mean, <laughs> were you aware of Bad Brains and Minor Threat and Black oh, Flag yeah, and I'm, all that kind of stuff back yeah. then? I mean, I saw I saw Black Flag. You at, did at the Cuban Club what, three or four times. Which singer? Rollins. Every really? Time. Yeah. Oh God, I was there for super the, jealous. I was there for the infamous riot, and um, yeah, so. I think my first punk rock show was Iggy Pop at the Tampa Theater. Oh my god! Ago, so, <laughs> holy shit! Both those just right off the bat are dream. Iggy Pop at Tampa Theater. Yeah. Wow. Did he? Did he get out in the stage? Did he jump off the stage? Did he break any glass on his chest? Do anything cool? I'm trying to clearly remember. It was. It was. It would be hard a, to clearly remember. An such Iggy a Pop. spectacle. Yeah. I mean, the guy was just. I mean. It, when he gets on stage, he just flips a switch Still. and he turns into yeah. He's in his seventies now. Yeah, he's just like. And, who else know. opened for him? Do you remember any? No, I don't. Um, My was, wife found a concert poster. I think it was the Chili Peppers at the Hub or something like that. I don't know if you would remember that show, but it was around that time. Um. Yeah, it's been like I, freaky, styly era or like super early. Yeah, Chili Peppers. So okay, keep going. I'm 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 intrigued. Black Flag, Iggy Pop. Who else? Uh, God, anybody who came through Tampa at that point in time, it was just like if there was a show, it was you know you're going because it was something to do where you didn't have to worry about the local wrestling team wanting to kick your right, ass. right, right. You know, <laughs> right. Now you uh, said you played outside the state too, correct? You said you traveled and played around tour? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where else did you play? Did you play up in New York or any of the? Yeah. Um, hit most of, most of the states east of the Mississippi, east of the Mississippi. That band's still, still going here. Wait, 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 um, what's their name? Uh, Flat Stanley. Okay. All right. Um, Are they on social, but like Spotify and that sort of yeah, thing? Okay. Yeah, I'll have to been, check them out. They've been going for like 20 years and I've had kind of a, dysfunctional relationship with them um, what got you out of it uh got out of playing music yeah or at least traveling playing live well um opening my own business kind of put the kibosh on uh, on 
Was that the catering business or? No, it was um, actually, we opened the refinery in the end of January. I played my last show in December. Oh, so it was just that recent that you stopped. Yeah. Okay. So it's just been within the past 10 years. Yeah. Okay. I've been working to trying to get, get back into it, but. COVID got in the way of pretty much everything. Oh, know? my God. Yeah, I mean, gosh, between your music, your restaurants and everything else, you know. Well, I mean, was everything that you had closed by the point that, that COVID hit as far yeah. as the brick and mortar stuff? Brick and mortar, yeah. But I've still got – I do a, I have a, a hospitality consulting agency at this point. So, um, I've been luckily – luckily, I didn't have payroll to cover or anything like that well i mean so i I bring this up a lot but i lost both my parents uh in 2018 and 2019 and as much of a bummer as that is in some weird way i feel a relief that i didn't have to have them alive through this or get sick through this to where you know a lot of people aren't able to go be by their parents side or whatever else so in a weird way with the restaurants having them closed before having to deal with all this shit not that it's great, but it's kind of like you you sidestepped a, a, a you know a train coming at you. I mean, 2017 almost killed me when we had the hurricane that was supposed to just wipe Tampa off the yeah. map, and then and didn't, and then the shooter, the the serial killer. Yeah, yeah. I was stressed and to stressed and depressed and anxious to the point where I you know I I thought about killing myself. So I I I don't know if I could have survived running a right, restaurant. Right. You know? Yeah. So for the, for the, so we, what did we say? Nine years that it was open. Um, did now, did you have formal training in, in the kitchen or was it all on the job? Were you all in restaurants? Oh no, I went to culinary school after I, I don't like to say that I attended college more than I attempted college. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Attempted college. Sounds like an album title. Um, so, uh, well, so the menu was your baby there, right? I mean, that was you pick Cause if I recall, it changed weekly, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really worked hard to like foster creativity in my staff. So uh, lots of things were collaborative efforts. I love it's such a random, but I love the whole silverware and plate. Like it was like not the same plate, not the same silverware. Where I mean, it was just well. I mean, you know, we I we we opened up the 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 refinery with about half of the money that we were supposed to, right? Or, that we you know had earmarked or planned you know, on earmarking. Yeah, pro forma calls for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We got seventy five. Right. Okay. So what are we going to do? These plates are a buck a piece, but it worked right. out in your yeah. favor. Yeah. I mean, but you know, we could put the we could keep the prices in a at a much more manageable level. I mean, when we opened up, it was my gold and never top $20 on an entree. Right. Um, so we could keep those prices in line if I didn't have to worry about losing a $7 fork every night. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Now what did the brunch thing, did that start off originally or did that come later? Because that could became quite a big deal too, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, we did brunch brunch from the word go. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was a, that was a big mover. I, I remember that was a scene there for a good while. Yeah. And, you know, we were, when we opened up, it was just me and one other person in the kitchen. So it was six and a half days a week. And brutal. When, when brunch was over, we would just fall down on the loading dock. And did you, did, did you enjoy it? Any of it? Or do you oh, look it, back on it? It, was, as, it was awesome until it wasn't. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, 
somewhere along the line, you know, we, when, and that was your traveling around the country in a van playing shows. I mean, that was your <laughs> version of getting the van, the black flag or, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we had such a small tight knit staff. It was had a very familial feel to everything. And eventually we grew to a point where that just wasn't a thing anymore. Right. And yeah, I never really considered that I would have to worry about, having our dishwasher come in and rob our rob the place at gunpoint right you know? <laughs> yeah yeah um yet it did right know? well um, life can take a turn on you yeah so you know i started falling out of love with the love with it and at the, you know at the end when did when, you open up the second restaurant or at least take over the second restaurant because was did that restaurant open before you took it over or what no. was the what was the succession there so the refinery was first right um I think it was the end of 2014. Uh, my my wife and I had this grandiose idea that we've pretty much maxed out what we could make out of that out of the original little building. All right, but we wanted to be able to pay our staff more. So, but you know, there wasn't going to be more money coming in. Right, you so we, fully realized what was what was available there. Yeah. Um, so we opened. A, we bought this condemned building and um you know brought it back brought it transformed it from an old body shop into what was fodder and shine and you know what was so. the concept there or how would you how would you characterize the concept there as opposed to refinery because i mean it wasn't the exact same deal no, there were nowhere nowhere yeah. close right so what was what was the concept behind that well i mean the original concept was the rebirth of uh florida cracker cuisine yeah um you know, nothing, all of the, all, everything that was on the menu existed prior to 1930. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I couldn't really convey that to people, especially the press and everybody hated it. So it just kind of turned in, you know, I was like, well, I got cracker food for you. I'm like, well, we want cracker barrel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so scrapped all that. Now here's for, here's, fried chicken and country fried steak and you know <laughs> i mean people liked it but you know like i i got no joy out of it, it sure was, and when our lease came up in the original building it was well what do we do you know we gotta it's gonna take us two years to find a new place and get it built out and get open there or to be sacrificed one of these restaurants Let's sacrifice the one that I don't like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and bring refinery over. And so was it two years at that location or? Uh, just under two years. Yeah. yeah. How's your stress level these days compared to then? Oh, man, my blood pressure is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't have to. I don't have to manage people. I don't have to wonder if, you know, people are like, how many? I have four people scheduled today. How many are actually going to show yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. What's know? the breakage <laughs> on that? Yeah. So, uh, with the consulting, what is that? Are you doing that out of your house? Do you have an office, or you know, are you doing it nationally, locally? How does that work? No, I do. It's a it's a you know national company. Um, I don't keep an office. It's just. I can work in my living room. So someone says, Hey, I got an idea to open a restaurant here. Will you look at my plan? Come out and take a look at the whatever and tell me what you think I need to, well, whether you think it'll work or what I need to do or what I don't, you know, that. Yeah. Basically, um, guide people through the entire startup process if, um, or 
you know, a whole reboot or, you know, tune up kind of process. Uh, it, it's yeah. amazing what succeeds and what doesn't succeed. You know, I had a Sean O'Brien here, uh, last night, you know, he's involved with Cat Street Deli and he did a lot of the booking and promotion in Tam- Tampa. And I'm always amazed what makes it and what doesn't make it and why. So like, what would be your advice to someone who was wanting to do that locally, just in general? Like, I'll give you an example. I've, I've keep going to Keith Olray at Microgroove and asking him what it's going to take for me to put out some vinyl for this band. And usually his first answer is just don't do it, you know? So I'm assuming it's probably <laughs> going to be a similar type of thing with you. Like if you want it to be profitable, if you don't want to have a room full of vinyl that no one will buy off of you, just don't do it. I mean, is it a similar type of thing with the restaurant business or? Uh, I mean, it can, it can be financially rewarding. Um, you know, nobody's going to get Oprah rich off of, off of owning a restaurant by any means, right. but, um, you know, it's just being able to know who your client clearly know who your clientele is, what they're going to buy at what price point. And at this point, you know, the smart money is all on fast casual take, uh, um, uh, grab and go grab and uh, go or uber eats or whatever can you can just bang yeah. your product out and get it to people at, at their home yeah I'm, which is cool because it you know cuts down on the amount of rent you got to pay to you know me to you know be able to seat 70 people or what or what have you right um however there's also the downside to all that is that you know there's no that dining experience is is kind of dying in the country and 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 it kills me because you know our food is gonna what we're everything's gonna be the equivalent of a chipotle yeah 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 (laughs) pick your meat pick your vegetable and pick your tortilla and you're done but well, what killed me about it is, so before I had kids, my wife and I would love, we'd go up to New York, we'd go up to Boston, Chicago, and you had that experience that people would get in your restaurants. I'm not saying the exact same, but it, there was, there was some thought put into it. There was a, you know, there was, a, there was, it was more than just the food. It was the experience. It was the ritual of being around people, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, we fall into such a trap here in Florida and Tampa of, Applebee's and all these types of things that to have some kind of culture, a contemporary or younger culture here, there it's scraping to get out. And it, it seemed as though Seminole Heights and Tampa Heights was kind of getting to that point and then the pandemic hit. And so do you think it's something that they can rebound from? Do you think it's something that they need to rebound from? I mean, do you, do you think there's still going to be kind of that direction in this area or no, no, no. Um, I'm I'm gonna get crucified for this, but I'm gonna go ahead well, and say it. Four people that listen to the show, you'll be okay. Yeah, um, I'll be your lawyer. When I first started coming around, started coming around to hang out in Tampa. You know, the after parties were always somewhere in Seminole Heights, which yeah. is what you know got me over here. So, um, you know, trying to find the ask the prostitutes on Nebraska where the people with the funny hair lived. And, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was always kind of, you know, from that point on, or you know, problem, I preceded me, of course, but, um, you know, it was always kind of like, you know, this creative cultural center of the city, you know, everybody accredited to Ebor, but you had a bunch of actors and actors and, um, artists living in lofts above, above empty storefronts. Right. This was just where you know people could afford, you know, poor musicians could could afford a house to or to rent whatever. Um, 
So that was really what led us to opening and uh, opening in the neighborhood was, you know, it's like, it's the whole creative vibe of everything. Right. And that's gone. Um, what, what, what happened to it? Would you say? I mean, people saw it as, uh, people saw it as, oh, the, the hip place to get an almost gritty inner city, inner city experience. Now uh, that homes are falling for 300,000 and up. And <laughs> well, do you think it was always temporary or did something happen that kind of changed the direction? I mean, really, you know, it, the creative people got squeezed out, and- which is kind of what always happens, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean that's kind of <laughs> what happened. So what did it move somewhere? I mean, is there, is there a new area? Is there, I mean, if I just, I don't, you know, most of the people I've talked to have moved or just scattered throughout yeah. the city at this point. And, you know, we had this potential to be, you know, create this really cool, you know, pocket, this pocket. little enclave. Yeah. Of, yeah. Really people didn't want it. Yeah. Um, you know, I fought from the, you know, I fought from the beginning as people wanted, wanted me to be serving chicken Caesar salads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, the tastes haven't, it may be a new dish, but the, you know, the tastes haven't changed that much. And the majority of the people who are moving in don't necessarily want that creative element. They want right. something that's safe. Give me Buffalo fried cauliflower or whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, something that you can get anywhere in the city and, you know, nothing, nothing really truly unique about it anymore. It just, well, we have a place and it's got TVs and we serve alcohol and, you know, here's a fairly generic here's your medicine. Menu. Take yeah. your medicine. <laughs> well, so I grew up in St. Pete and St. Pete, when I was a kid, it was nothing was there. It was all halfway houses and, you know, it was like Moss Brothers or whatever was downtown. There's nothing culturally no, no, drawn there. Not. And then it, it it had a big boom. I don't kind of know where it is in that now, if it's on the other end of it or whatever. I think with every everything in, in that world with the pandemic is kind of on the other end of it. It's just a matter of whether they'll recover. But, you know, St. Pete really seemed to hold a resurgence to it for a while. And I've you know, as much as I always hear about Bennett coming in and a bunch of money in the waterfront and all this other stuff, I just don't know where that gets us. If it's just going to be tons of apartment buildings and armature works type places, or if there's going to be independent mom and pop shops that can kind of live and thrive in between there. Yeah. I, I mean, there's got to be a balance between it. How much, a- how much, uh, interaction did you have with the city? You know, that that's been a big thing now with, I, I talk a lot with, uh, like Tom DeGeorge from Crowbar and a lot of these different people who are fighting to have live music in there. And, and, and did you find that the city was advocates for you, adversaries for you? You mentioned kind of, they kind of give you a, hard bit of time in the beginning there yeah most of my interactions with the city were not were not pleasurable you know, yeah but bob buckhorn was uh, nice enough to you know trot me out as his success story and you know wait you know the foodie mayor and right put me into his state of the city presentation and you know, i actually got a front row seat for that because you know uh, yeah and uh, the golden boy yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um then, you know, he made me some promises for assistance. And when we were building up the second restaurant and never made good on them. Yeah. You know, to the tune of uh, $100,000 of that. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not made of money. Yeah, no, it's brutal. You know, I'm, you know, I, um, 
So Bob and I always had a strained relationship uh, after that. And then, well, I know you're pretty, pa- are you, are you okay talking politics or yeah. do you not want to? Cause I know you're pretty passionate about it. I usually, you and I are commenting on the same posts in some regard, uh, you know, before you came in here today, uh, evidently there's a new tax issue that just came out today with him about some engineered windfall in 2016. Um, yesterday was the announcement he wasn't going to do any more debates. And then they kind of backtracked towards the end of the day and said, well, we'll do them, but we're just going to push them back. Um, so, uh, what, what are you preparing for? Do you think he's, he's getting a second term or? I'm. Think the country can survive a second term? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's so f- so fractionalized at this point in time. I mean, you've got the gravy seals up in Michigan plotting the gravy I- seals. Thank you so much for giving me the gravy <laughs> seals. I meant to thank you about that. Thank you for reminding me. That was it's greatest. definitely not mine, but yeah, well, you, a, but you gave it to me, so thank um, you for regifting it. Kidnapping, kidnapping the governor to. Transport her across state lines, hold a mock trial, and execute her. It's, it's I mean, this. What world do we live in? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's an October surprise every day of the, every day of the year. Well, that's now, just it. You know? like, so that's an interesting point. That's something I thought about because we were like twenty some, we're, we're like twenty some odd days out from the election, and everybody's just saying, you know, obviously, don't feel too comfortable about all these double-digit leads you hear about. You never know what's going to happen when you go to war with anybody. But I'm almost wondering if it might backfire, because literally every day of his presidency has been an October surprise. (laughs) So I don't know what would rate as some kind of jaw-dropper at this point that would change anything significantly. I don't know. I'm just tired of being angry all the time. Yeah, and he's... I I don't I want to see the man just go away and fade into obscurity. I do, you know? but would you agree with me that the, that there's actually a worse uh, future, which is it's not clear who won. Like that is the only thing that's worse than him winning in my mind is that six months or five months or however long of arguing about that. I think that would literally I break the country. Arguing is probably gonna the the um best case scenario if that happens oh yeah it's all out warfare and riots and all the other stuff yeah yeah um yeah and it's it's i really don't doubt that there's going to be huge amounts of doubt and disparagement thrown on the whole process if he loses i think Um, he's that's i think biden's got a break the backboard if if it's gonna if we're gonna get through this with any kind of semblance of of something in the future yeah i i actually enjoyed watching the vice presidential debate the other the other night not because of the content but i was watching grown-ups talk yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you missed that no for sure yeah i mean i've I've often said if they would have just primaried him i would have probably been fine with Rand paul or anybody else <laughs> i mean not my ideal but someone who's just you know could put a sentence together and and had some some modicum of understanding of context and empathy and 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 you know it's just you you always at least i did up until these past four years feel like 
well, there's always going to be an adult in the room. There's always these safeguards that are in place. You know, we, we can hit rock bottom. Things have been put in place to protect us about that. And obviously that wasn't true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. Well, I want to ask you this question and I know hopefully it's not too personal of a question, but how, how would you characterize yourself today versus yourself, say in 2009, 2008? Are you more heavy hearted? Did, did what happened with the restaurant thing? Did that break your heart? Does what happening with the country? Did that break your heart? Or are you kind of past that and looking forward? I mean, uh, I, I don't think anybody can. I don't know. I, I, I need to walk that one back. Some people can, but you know, I don't, I definitely can't be lighthearted with the political, um, economic state of the country sure. right now. Yeah. The only people who are doing well are people who have money in the stock market. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm asking more about your life though. Like, but, like, are you in a good place now? I mean, do you, do you miss the restaurant world or are you com- completely done with her? No, I got, <laughs> I got, I got beaten and broken. Yeah. And, um, that's out of your yeah, system. I can't, I just can do it anymore. I, I still love the idea of the business. Yeah. And I love being able to help people succeed. But at the end of the day, what I can do is, okay, here's, here's your plans. Here's your problems. Here's how to fix them. Right. They're your problems and I'm going home. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't miss that at all. I have, I have free time. I can spend time with my dogs. I can spend time with my wife. You know? Do you guys cook a lot at home or? Yeah. Are you the proverbial chefs that are just eating bowls of cereal constantly? Cause you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, you know, there's points. Yeah. You know, last night was definitely one of those. But, yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, we, so, we don't cook fancy. It's just, uh, yeah. Make a mean grilled cheese. Yeah. Throw some meat on the grill and have a salad. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. So, uh, music, are you putting some more heart into that again? Are you playing a lot? Are you thinking about that or? Well, trying to, but you know, I'm not all that keen on getting into a, into a room with people who, you know, that, you know, yeah, five people who all all lead their lives and then screaming, um, screaming. Yeah, socially distanced punk shows are, are kind of yeah. It's not really um, it's not really a you know the possibility of of infection is pretty strong from those activities. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, well, yeah. I mean, uh, I've I've listened to a lot of national acts say it's going to be uh, 2022 before we start seeing big tours again. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping, as I've expressed to other musicians who've been on the show, that hopefully this kind of shines a light on local music because that's going to be your only option more and more these days. But it some some types of music, I think, can survive in that world. But you know, a lot of the heavier, harder, that type of music. I mean, it's, it's so predicated on the physicality of the experience that to not be able to have that. I don't even know how you have a show like that. It's, it's upsetting. You know, I, I was, I had been saying all year until someone reminded me yesterday that I actually, I went to Gasparilla Music Festival this year. So that was the only show I went to this year where normally I would have been to 15, 20 shows by now. So it, it's bumming me out, but uh, yeah, I, I know Tom's trying to reopen and do some of this stuff, but, uh, a world without live music, just that, that gives me a heavy heart and, you yeah. know, you know, but I don't, I don't know what's going to come of it. Well, I really appreciate you coming down. I know you're a busy man and I know you've had your, you know, taking seriously this whole thing and trying to, you know, do the responsible thing, but I do appreciate you coming down. Oh, absolutely. You know, just 
you know, we've been trying to do this for a while. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, since we, since, since I started to put two and two together, I knew your wife and I was like, Oh, you guys are married. And then started to everything. I was just like, I got to have that guy on. He's so interesting. So, well, I appreciate you so much. I wish you the best. I hope, uh, Hope, uh, you know, music takes off for you again and that you find joy in, in your new venture and, and with your dogs and your wife and everything else <laughs> like that. Thank you so much for coming by, Greg. Oh, thanks for having me. All right.